Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. A few days ago, it was double-digit degrees warm in the Celsiuses here in southern Ontario. And as of this moment, there's about a foot of snow on the ground. Yes, third winter is officially here. Yes, winter is coming again for the third time. Yeah, everyone loves a good trilogy except when it comes to snow. In Canada. In March. End of March. It's It's April tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say, it is literally April tomorrow. This is Mother Nature pulling an April Fool's (laughs) prank on us early. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be a day this week where it's going to get really warm again just for it to snow again next weekend. I know how this chapter goes. Yeah, we're going to be underwater with all the flash flooding that's going to happen. That reservoir next to the river when you pass coming towards this house, it like floods over. The walking path is gone between. So is that like a lot beside that one person's house? It's like a flat (laughs) sheet of ice right now. He's been trying to sell that lot for six months and I wonder why nobody's buying it. No one will ever buy that. You have to put down like 100k worth of dirt to level that thing. Yeah, and some sort of elaborate drainage system that it apparently does not have. But it would make for a great pond hockey rink in the summer, in the winter. Yeah. They've never done it. I don't know what they're thinking. So welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Um, once again, we are two-thirds of the Winged Wheel Podcast, but this time Ryan's missing, so it's different. What a loser. <laughs> so I'm Brad Crisco. I'm Evan. And we've got a lot to talk about today because um, a few minutes before we started recording, actually, the CWHL, the Canadian Women's Hockey League, announced that they are ceasing operations and folding as a league as of May 1st. Helene St. James has uh, announced that the Detroit Red Wings expect to sign Jeff Blashill to a two-year contract extension on Tuesday. And the Red Wings are apparently the hottest team in the NHL right now at the exact perfect moment for that. So we'll we'll dive into that. Although, although there are a couple happy storylines to actually go along with, with those games. So, and then we got a few quick hits. Ovi did some things. Cronwall got nominated for a thing. And Evan still hung over from Nashville. Fact. You've been back for what, seven days now? What's today? No, I came back on Monday last week. Six or, days. I guess last week. Yeah, six days. Six days. How was it? Um, if I was an NHL player, I don't think I would play anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd play anywhere else. What about Vegas? That would be the only other place because it's they're essentially sister cities. One's just country Vegas. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd rather go to the one that's not country music, but I definitely see your point. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was a Friday at three o'clock, and you couldn't even walk around downtown. That's how busy it was. Imagine if the Predators are in the Stanley Cup final and they're about to clinch it. It would be that city will burn to the ground. Well, they've been in the Stanley Cup final recently. I meant like <laughs> going to win it. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine Game Seven Cup Finals, Nashville? Yeah. There, you couldn't possibly move. Like, you couldn't move already. And it would be an absolute gong show there. That would... At being a player, that would be unreal. So I can understand why city kind of matters. Funner Ima- cities are more fun. Imagine if Alex Ovechkin played on the Predators instead of Washington, what his Stanley Cup binge would have looked like. Uh, he could have just crowd surfed down Broadway. And people just throw him alcohol. He wouldn't have had to walk for at least a few days. It would just carry him. Just focus on the partying. It's it's absurd. And 
I never really understood, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to play in New York City. Well, okay, that's New York City, like, whatever. It's like, Nashville, that's where I would want to play. Like, it's like, I understand Panarin's, like, Columbus is boring. Playing in Detroit would be boring. It's like, oh, that's not really nice to say. And then you go to someplace like Nashville or Vegas, you're like, okay, I understand. I get it. I get why a, a, someone, a, a millionaire in their 20s would want to play here. I'm not saying it's right, but I understand. Yeah. It sucks when it's not your city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a place. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I need to go back in a year when my hangover subsides. So do you think Nashville gets an NWHL team now? I have no idea. What a perfect transition that was. So to get into the main story of today, the uh, Canadian Women's Hockey League... Uh, as of May 1st, will no longer exist. I think they said something like, I quickly gra- glanced at the, the, the press release, and it, I think it was basically like, we've got money, we can still operate, but the business model we have does not allow us to continue to make money, and we'll run out, so we have to cease operations. Event, uh, not that long ago, too, the the CDBHL was treated as a, I don't know if it still was, but like a, a non-profit organization. It was just created so that these women had somewhere to play because the CWHL existed a long time before the NWHL. So to break this down for anybody who doesn't follow the women's game closely, there was only one, you can't even call it a professional women's hockey league when it started, the CWHL, uh, which started back in, I want to say 2007. Don't shoot me if I don't have the exact year right. But it was just so that the women had somewhere to play outside of the Olympics and world championships and when they finished university. Um, and then a few years ago, the NWHL, um, which was the American equivalent, uh, started up and uh, became a rival. Not, I don't. Yeah, I'll say rival league, whatever. But the NWHL was the first team to pay its players. So then the CWHL followed suit shortly thereafter. Obviously, or else they were going to lose their entire league. Uh, Would have jumped ship. So, yeah, I guess. And it was a shame too, because the women's women's hockey's had traction and popularity over the last four months, like it's never had before. With Kendall Coyne in the uh, in the All Star game, the Olympics last year being one of the craziest hockey games ever, the gold medal game between Canada and the United States, and the Clarkson Cup, which was the CWHL championship, just wrapped up this weekend, and a lot of people were paying attention to it, and it, it had great success. Like I think it had 125 thousand viewers for the championship game which for women's hockey was i think a record for them and then you get and the and the world championships are like in a week yeah not good this is awful awful timing and uh forgive us if we're kind of just going to be doing a lot of speculating and not reporting a lot of hard-hitting facts on the league today because i'm not exaggerating when i say this this news broke like three minutes before evan walked through my front door to record this episode so we tried cramming everything we could on the subject just to get it so i guess the the big question here is where does where does the game go from here i have no idea when was a i don't don't know of any prominent leagues where they ceased operation and what happened to their players do they the wha would be the only one that i can (laughs) think of but they all just merged into the NHL and yeah. women's hockey doesn't have a air quotations NHL right now. Cause even the NWHL only has five teams right now. 
So, and the CWHL had more teams than that. So you can't absorb that many players into that league. Um, I know a lot of people are saying the NHL should step up and Gary Bettman's been on record as saying he, he wants to get involved in women's hockey, but they want control of it. Oh, that won't fly. <laughs> which I don't think the NWHL is going to give up power, right? Because uh, they've worked to build what they have. Um, as small as it is and as, as recently as they started it. That being said, Cassie Campbell was on the 31 Thoughts podcast recently and she was really voicing about how the women's hockey needs one league. Certainly. You cannot split the talent. You have to have all the best players in the world playing against each other throughout the year. This is I have a feeling this is going to get a lot messier before it gets cleaned up. Because the for the women's hockey... To really, truly be successful, the NHL has to get involved. And that was something that Cassie Campbell-Pascal was saying as well. And that's what a lot of women's hockey players are saying. The NHL needs to get involved because then they get the advertising budget, the marketing budget. Teams can partner have partnerships with NHL teams. Two of the, uh, three? Two or three of the CWHL teams had partnerships with their NHL teams. Uh, Calgary had a partnership with the Flames. Montreal had a partnership with the Canadians. Right. So that that helped for those teams, but that by and large didn't help the league as a whole. It's it puts the NHL in a very tricky situation. It's the right thing to do f- as a image perspective. Let's be honest. I know it's gonna suck, but women's hockey isn't profitable yet. Well, the NHL is full of businessmen who like ROIs and they see dollar signs. It, uh, you know, you want them to to pick up this league and 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 support women's hockey and get it off the ground with the uh, incredible amount of money and and uh, connections they have. I don't know if it's a business opportunity that they'd be willing to look at right away. It's it's the it's a bad situation and a bad spot to be in for for a lot of people right now. So here's the way I look at this, and I don't entirely disagree with what you're saying. The way the women's hockey game is modeled right now and being run the way it's run, you're right. It's not profitable. That's why the CWHL folded. The NWHL, as recently as I think it was two years ago, had to cut player salaries by like 40%. Yeah, that's not good. It's it's not a thriving business right now. That being said, it can be. I firmly believe that women's hockey can be a profitable venture for the NHL. Now, I agree in the sense that I don't think taking over the NWHL as is would be the right option for them. Oh, clearly uh, not. It, it's better than nothing. Do not get me wrong. And the league has done a lot of things right for women's hockey. It was the first league to pay players. Do not get me wrong. But the way it's run, I don't think it's sustainable. I, I, I think the NHL's ideal scenario, and I think the best case scenario would be for them to just start a league with a clean slate. Like the, yeah. the NHL, just call it, they're going to call it the um, National Women's the, Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> the the women's na- the WNHL yeah. the women's National Hockey yeah. League, um, whatever. Well, hey, that's what they did with the WNBA. But yeah, so I think that's their ideal scenario. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to be able to do that unless the NWHL folds as well, which I don't think anybody fully wants. No. So 
this is what I mean when I say it's going to get messier before it gets cleaned up. Because if I'm Gary Bettman, I'm on the phone right now with the commissioner of the NWHL, and I forget her name off the top of my head. Forgive me, but and I'm trying to negotiate a takeover of that league like by tomorrow. Yeah, because get your you take over those five teams, which for the NWHL right now is Buffalo, Minnesota, Boston, New York, well Connecticut, and I think New York actually has another team, the Riveters. So it's it's a head start. You have players. You're gonna get everybody from the CWHL. It's just how quickly can you expand, right? Yeah, it's it's real. I think the only way it really works is if the women's teams are somehow affiliated with the NHL teams. So your Boston Bruins women's team—they don't have to be called the Bruins, but it's the Boston women's national hockey team. It, it, they have to be directly affiliated because I don't know if they can tread water as an independent right now, even if they're run by the NHL. Um. Yeah, and you don't have to call them, like you said, and you can have fun with the team name because that's exactly what uh, Montreal and Calgary did in the CWHL. So the Calgary Flames turned the women's team into the Calgary Inferno. Yeah. Play on the words. The logo was the same. The jerseys were identical. They just tweaked the logo. Um, The Montreal Canadiens, they partnered up. um, I think they were called the Stars when they took over them and they turned them into Les Canadiens. And they gave them the same jerseys with just a different logo. Like, do stuff like that. Yeah. Because... And the problem is, like, a team like the Toronto Furies, who I don't think had a partnership with the Leafs, they got eaten up because that's a huge market where there's a lot of hockey options. You have a couple OHL teams in the region, you have an AHL team, you have an NHL team. Right now, the fan base generally doesn't flock to women's games. So, the way that you make this work, in my mind, is like you said, exactly as you said, you get the NHL teams on board. You put... 10 teams in 10 NHL cities and you partner them up and you advertise the hell out of them with the NHL team. Or you put some teams with NHL teams, but then you take the other teams and you don't put them in NHL cities. You find smaller markets that don't have as much competition in terms of top end hockey, but are still large enough to support a team and send them there. Well, they'll be the main draw. Like, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, right now where we live, that's over half a million people, and all we have is the Rangers OHL team. You put, <laughs> and you, they're not even really much of a team. <laughs> yeah, not this year. Um, you put a uh, professional women's hockey team here, it would be successful. They could easily play at the odd. Yeah, you put them in <clears throat> Guelph, you put them in Oakville, you put them in cities like that where it's big enough to hold a fan base, but not. Yeah. But there's not a ton of competition around. I think those yeah. are the. You take one route or the other or a hybrid of the two. I don't care. But that's, I think, how Yeah, you certainly need your big city teams that have the the population to support it. And then you need the fanatical fan bases that have very few hockey options. Yeah, like the Kitchener Rangers are an OHL team. They charge too much for tickets and they, by and large, were not a great team this year and still sold out almost every single game this year. Yeah. So Except I, the playoffs. They had 4,000 people there. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yeah, but they did that on a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. That wasn't happening. I always raise the shield. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's just um, as heartbreaking as it is to see the league fold. I am fascinated to see what's going to happen next because there's a lot of opportunity here now with the negative. I really hope the NHL does something. I don't care if it's starting the league or taking over the NWHL. They have to do something. Like yeah, you said, it's tough. And even if you look at it from an ROI invest uh, standpoint, if they aggressively get involved, yeah, you might not see the payoff immediately, but 
if the NHL heavily markets the women's league, how many six-year-old girls are there out there right now who all of a sudden start seeing, getting more and more exposure to women's hockey and going, oh, hey, that looks fun. And then a whole new generation. There's at least five of them. At least five, yeah. Yep. Well, look at what happened uh, in the early 90s when Gretzky and the Kings, uh, when, when Gretzky went to LA and Southern California hockey got popular. Look how many NHL players now are funneling into the NHL because of these teams. Look at how many players are coming out of the St. Louis. There's even players coming from Florida and Texas now. Exposure from a young age makes a difference a generation from now. Yeah, it's 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 certainly a tricky situation, and there's a lot of good opportunities. You just got to get everybody on board, and that can be very tough when everyone has different ideas of how they want to make their money. And egos matter. Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks that the the current situation is the way it is. There certainly is a lot of opportunities. And with um, the recent All-Star game, um, the NHL All-Star game, um, you'd think they have some interest in women's hockey. So um, it's a sad situation currently, but uh, the future could be uh, could be pretty good for women's hockey now that they've kind of cut their um, their debt They've decoupled from their their current structure, so to speak. Time will tell. Yeah. So, moving on from one negative subject to another, the next, <laughs> another negative subject. Um, so, hey, we did we took the positive spin there on uh, pointing out that hey, opportunity can come from a negative. Evan, you're gonna have to help me because on this next one, I don't see it. So, uh, because our next episode this week is gonna be our Patreon exclusive episode. Um, we're going to dive into the Blashill extension now before it's made official uh, because now we have a, a number two-year extension. They expect it to come down by Tuesday, and this is coming from Helene St. James, the Red Wings beat reporter. And They can't do it on Monday, of course, because it's April 1st. Oh, that would have been too perfect, though. Yeah, that, uh, that would be perfect. That would be so fitting. Um, so, yeah, so it's come from a lot of sources now, so... Understand that everything we're about to talk about might be wrong and for not shortly, but it's come from enough reliable reliable sources that I, I think we can safely say it's going to happen. So Jeff Blashill is going to be extended two years. Two years. Two, two years. Two more years of the behind-the-bench memes. Yep. That's all I got. <laughs> that was, That's that was, all I got. That was my optimistic view. Um um, so okay, I'm yeah, gonna, but see, look what he's doing with all the youth, Brad. Look what he's doing. He's turning them into stars. That's why Tyler Bertuzzi was a nobody. Now he's becoming a star. Who's Taro Hirose? I don't know, but look at him. He had a point streak. Look at Dylan Larkin. We have two thirty goal scores. Who's who is that because of? Obviously, Jeff Blashill. You know what's sad about that sarcasm there, Evan? Is that's been a very real statement from a very large part of the fan base over the last couple of days. That's that's all I got for you. That's all I got. I've I've literally had to avoid arguments involving that very argument, and at the same time, um, that Luke Witkowski was a a useful, good hockey player in the NHL. We won four in a row. It's been this has been dark times, man. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna try and not be as obviously hateful towards this extension as everybody expects me to be because of how vocal I've been in my I, I, my anti-Blashill stance I, for the last little bit. But The only thing I can also think of is 
you know, he first comes in here, he's got a, a boat anchor of a team. And now some people are actually developing. It's like, well, you can't really play the my hand sucks anymore. You have some kids who are becoming legitimate NHL players. Now is your two-year prove it to, to see if you are a capable NHL coach. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... I've repeated this on this podcast a hundred times. I'm going to say it one more time before I really dive into this. The general argument between the pro Blashill fans and the anti Blashill fans over the last couple years has been no Blashill's a good coach. He's been just dealt a crappy team to play with. And the other ones goes, no Blashill's an awful coach. And that's why the team's bad. In my opinion, both are simultaneously true. Blashill is not going to succeed with this team no matter what he did. The The roster was that weak. The skill level and the talent were just not there. So I, I agree Blashill was a dead man walking with this roster no matter what he did. The other thing being said is I think there was more to this team than has been given, which is on Blashill. I, as much as Dylan Larkin has progressed and Athanasiu has progressed... There are other players who have not progressed. I still think Anthony Mantha has a couple more gears in his tool belt that he could hit. Uh, Cholosky should not be in the minors right now. <sighs> Look at how much... Again, I know they're aging, but Darren Helm, Justin Ablocator, Trevor Daly. These are guys who have fallen off cliffs over the last couple seasons as hockey players. Now, again, I know most of that's on their age and yada, 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 but you would think Blasio would at least know how to properly utilize them to maximize what they have left, and he has not done that. He's tried overextending them to catastrophic failure. So if you're going to use the the Larkins, the Athanasius, and the Bertuzzi's of the world as, look at what Blasio's done, you have to look at the other side of things too. There have been players that have progressed. There have been players that have fallen off the cliff. And like I said, it's not all been old players who have necessarily fallen off a cliff but not progressed the way you wanted you can look at uh it was robbie russo right robbie russo riley shahan while he was still here there's there's a number of players yurko was under a good chunk of blast hills watch i just peter mrazek yeah that one i'm gonna chalk up more to management yeah because <laughs> blast hill did blame in the playoffs a couple times so it's not that mrazek didn't get the opportunity from blast hill it was i think a personality clash <clears throat> yes so <clears throat> I've softened on how on my opinion of how bad a coach I think Blashill is. I think I, I for the most part of his tenure I was unfairly harsh to him. But I I don't I still don't think he's the right coach for this team. I don't like his systems. I don't like the way he handles his personnel. Because okay, this this sounds I hate using this argument because it sounds like you're just being blatantly rude to a few players but ablocators hurt done for the season daily's hurt hasn't played in a few weeks erickson missed a good chunk of games and the red wings start winning they were replaced by objectively nobodies okay i didn't expect herosi to be this good but it's great i ryan kuffner has done essentially nothing luke witkowski and brian lashoff are literally placeholders who are playing like 12 minutes a game and the red wings are winning because Blashill lost his toys that he overplays. And I don't think that, like, and we were all th- over the, when Detroit beat um, New Jersey the other night, we were all throwing that joke around on Twitter, but I, I, I don't think it's a joke. There's something to that. When you don't have Justin Adelkair playing 16 minutes in the top six, 
when you don't have Darren Helm playing 16 minutes in the top six, when you don't have Daly and Erickson eating up a third of the game on the blue line, just by taking those guys... Addition by subtraction. It literally is addition by subtraction. And and the thing is, if you told me that Jeff Blashill was going to go into next year and we would not see any of those guys getting more than 10 minutes a game, even strength, I know some of them kill penalties effectively, yeah. which is fine, I'd be okay with him coming back. But I even sent out a, a, a poll on Twitter, like kind of sarcastically, but at the same time, not. The question I asked was, with how hot the Mantha Larkin... Bertuzzi line's been lately. Do you think we'll finally get a full season of a legitimate top line, or are we going to see Ablocator and Helm there next year? And the majority of the answers said no. That's this is going to stick. I don't trust Twitter polls as my no, but definitive uh, uh, feelings on situations. No, no, it's not definitive. I'm especially just using the, it as a, the the host poll. No, <laughs> especially that one. <laughs> that one was just blatantly wrong. But um, it. It, it shows where the fan base's confidence level at is in Blashill, where we're watching a, a legitimate first, uh, quality first NHL line put up a ton of points over the last couple of weeks, and the fan base still is like, yeah, this isn't going to stick. The last, what, how long has Blashill been the coach now? Three, four years? Have yeah. have taught us that either Darren Helm or Justin Ablicator is going to be back on this line at some point next year. That And that's even assuming the Red Wings have Hughes or Kako. It, I don't think we have either of them anymore. No, no they've played themselves uh, almost out of that conversation. But We're two points behind Buffalo now. I know. And they've lost six in a row. We, we may legitimately pick eighth overall right now. Yeah. And like, we have been worse than it's, last and it's, year. And, and it's not like we're saying that as a long shot. Like, if the Red Wings fall one more spot, that's like a 25 to 30% chance that yeah. that happens. Um, that we pick eighth, despite being in the bottom two of the league for the majority of the year. Yep. So, this is why. Lose gold points. Plan. This is why the gold plan needs to be implemented. Because right now, I did the math. And a lot of people did the math. If if we had the gold plan right now, we're going by points after elimination. Detroit oh, Red yeah. Wings would be getting Jack Hughes right now. Oh, yeah. We're hot. But anyways, so as, as much as I disagree with a, a lot of Blashill's systems on the ice, there are a lot of systems that he uses that have been working. He has a very aggressive forecheck. I'm a fan of that. He has... Um, good defensive zone positioning and the strategy there. I'm a fan of that. The breakout's terrible. The special teams are terrible, but there's positives to be had there. But my biggest gripe with him is he doesn't know how to utilize his players. And that's the biggest thing as a coach in the NHL. And again, one of the reasons that the Red Wings have been winning lately is because of all these injuries, he's been forced to play Athanasiu, Larkin, Mantha, all that 20 plus minutes a night. And it's been working. I don't, know why he doesn't do this more i understand over an 82 game season you're going to burn these guys out so you got to give them a few games to where they chill and only play like 16 to 18 minutes but still these are professional athletes this is what they train for maybe jeff blashill has maximized applicator and darren helm like three years ago no this year maybe what they've done this year is the ceiling at their current part of their career Maybe it is. I don't know. Looking at Abdulkader, he would be good in my beer league. Justin Abdulkader has 19 points this year. And I'm actually shocked by that. Hold on. Wait for it. He's outscored Darren Helm. Yeah. Maybe this is all they have left in the tank and he has maximized a squeezed orange. And you may very well be right on that, which if that is true, these guys should either be in the press box or occupying two-thirds of the fourth line. Well, <laughs> we could put half our team in the press box. 
Uh, it's that's it's, not, yeah, you got uh, yeah, and especially in a season like next year. And this is my biggest concern with the Blashill extension. Svechnikov's no longer waiver exempt. He's going to be on the Red Wings. Well, wasn't there something about his contract because he didn't play at all this year? I don't believe that applies, but I'll double check into that. Zadina will be up next year. Um, Larkin, Mantha will be still up there. All those young guys. Hiroshi might be playing full-time. Are you confident in saying at all that when Ablocator and everybody on this team is fully healthy, that Svechnikov only doesn't play more than 40 games because he's in the press box the other 40 Hiroshi's in Grand Rapids Zadina's playing 14 minutes a night I mean we've been scratching Erickson so I, I don't want to say I'm not injured but I'm gonna no, I'm not gonna be like no I'm not confident at all but he's able to scratch someone who's making multiple millions of dollars maybe it's possible we lower our Michigan per 60 with Ablocator in the press box I don't know I don't know even if we put Ablocator in the press box, it does not mean Svechnikov and Hiroshi are going to play in meaningful minutes. They will be yeah. on the fourth line with Christopher End. That They're still going to put up points. Well, with a Blast Shield team, the fourth line is putting up prominent minutes per night. <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. It's Oh, and let's not forget the defense. If the Red Wings re-sign uh, Cronwall, so you'd have Green to Kaiser, um, Cronwall, Hironik, Erickson, Daly. Do you think Trelawski sees a game before an injury next year? I think they scratch Erickson. I Still. hope you're right. I really I hope think, you're right. I but I have the the best uh, predictor of future events is past events. And uh, <laughs> Blashill has never given us any indication to think that will ever happen. Uh, well, yeah, we can speculate all we want. Yeah. Next year is um, we've been saying it for two years now. Next year is the year of the youth movement where it really, truly needs to start. Until we get rid of contracts I think the youth movement is a two-step forward, one step back. You're not wrong. The year after that, everybody's gone. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, but then also um, Mantha, Athens, and Bertuzzi are going to be due for new contracts in the same summer, so that's not going to help anything. Um, well, at least we can dictate the future at that point, and we're not anchored at that current moment. That's true. Flexibility is key, but yep. that's a Holland problem, not a Blashill problem. So... Uh, we we've talked about Blashill so many times at length on this podcast. I don't want to go any further. I'll just I'll just sum it up in saying I disagree with this decision. I I hope he changes his tune, but he's given me no reason to think that he's going to change the way he handles. The nice thing, thing about a coach is they're not on the cap, so you can fire them whenever you want. Save us, Stevie. So. Let's talk about the Red Wings because they've been on a winning streak. Since our last episode, the Red Wings have had two very key lottery division games against Buffalo and New Jersey, and they won both of them. Of course. One of them in overtime, though. We gave Buffalo a point. Of course. They smacked New Jersey 4 nothing. although that was 2 nothing till the last couple minutes of the game. So the key points that we need to take away from the, these two games and the really truly only reason any of us were watching anymore. Evan, they did it. What? Oh, Dylan Larkin yeah. and Andreas Athanasi, who are 30 goal scorers. First time in a decade. Da, na, 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 na. I, uh, <laughs> they did a 30 seconds, 30 goals for Dylan Larkin. I didn't see that for Athanasiu. They did. Oh, did they? <laughs> I actually saw the Athanasiu one. Uh, I didn't see the Larkin one. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that is a bad look. 
So even though the entire fan base, including myself, is very angry over this, I think they've won six out of the last seven games. Oh, yeah. You know, because now that the games mean truly nothing, they start winning. The positive. These wins have come on the backs of Larkin, Mantha, Athensiu, Bertuzzi, Hiroshi, Hironic. The guys we need to see developing are playing at top clip right now. Larkin's 30th goal. That pass from Hironic was a work of art. Athanasiu's 30th goal. Beautiful end-to-end rush through the Athanasiu expressway. Splits the defense, top corner. Bertuzzi's been the hottest out of all of them. He's got seven points in his last four games. Jeez. It's This is fantastic. Mantha has turned into an assist machine all of a sudden. This gives me optimism for next year. This gives me the, the hope that when Ken Holland says, yeah, we're hoping to be competing for a playoff spot next year, I sit there and go, probably not. But maybe. If these, I, I hope not. <laughs> I For the long-term benefit of the team, it's better we don't. But, I mean, the way these guys are playing. Mantha, Larkin, Bertuzzi. This is a legitimate NHL caliber first line, which the Red Wings have been lacking for... When did Datsuka leave? A couple years ago? They might, they might have one now. I don't think it stays together, which we just talked about. But, hey, and then you could have a second line next year with Athanasiu. And Zadina. And I don't care who else you put there. It'll have Athens, you, and Zadina. Maybe Jack Hughes. We could still win the lottery. The odds have gone way down, but we could still do it. I would drink myself into oblivion if we did. Well, we're live streaming the draft lottery, so be ready. Prepare can, your liver. I can drink myself into oblivion. Yeah, if, if, uh, if the Red Wings win the draft lottery while we're live streaming, we are getting very, very hammered. What day of the week is that? Tuesday. So oh. it's going to be a fun Wednesday at work. Oh, God. And if the Red Wings don't win the draft lottery, we will drink very, very heavily either way to cope with the sadness of picking seventh overall. Dominic Turgeon's in the lineup tonight. I didn't even see he got recalled. How many people are getting injured? Uh, Luke, Unle- Luke Lendenin got hurt. What the? She's crazy. And Caden Fulcher is the backup goalie. He's been the EC in the ECHL all year. I, I refuse to believe the Red Wings are this injured, and they're just actively trying to tank right now. The but next call-up's Osgood. <laughs> this is the... I'm... Part of me legitimately believes this is the Red Wings actively trying to tank at this point, being like, no, 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 we can't keep winning. We have to start losing. So they're pulling everybody out of the lineup. Yeah. Like, who's even got the sniffles? But they're pulling all the wrong players out of the lineup, and it's helping. Yeah. We can't even tank right. <laughs> this team is tragic. But... So, yeah, so we have Caden Fulcher, Dominic Turgeon, Martin Furks back in the lineup. Luke Gutkowski's playing a regular minute, and they're winning. Every team that loses to this roster, I'm pretty sure, has to fold their franchise at the end of the season. These are the rules. Yeah, and all those teams are kind of below us right now, so that would be all right. That would help us out drastically. Oh, Matt Pumple is in the lineup, too. Forget about that. Yeah, oh, my God. We are a bunch of nobodies right now. This is... Well, they had that one practice this week where they couldn't even throw four lines on the ice. They did not have enough active forwards to be able to practice with four lines. This is... Oh, my God. This is the weirdest episode we've ever had because every subject, it's like, this sucks, but... This sucks, but... This sucks, but... It's like this weird pessimism and optimism blending together. I think we've already had an episode titled Optimistic Pessimism, so I don't know what we're going to go we with We may today. have two or three named that. <sighs> That's been the story of our lives for like 
two years, I think. At least two years. Probably three. <laughs> That's a good way of summing up this podcast. We hate everything and we think everything sucks, but we're always on looking on the bright side of things. I mean, until, it rarely, until we're not. Because <laughs> it, it rarely pans out, but we're there. Yep, we're hoping. We're, I'm just becoming a, a, a meaningless corpse walking through Red Wings history and into the future. It's a good way of putting it. Still rattled Hiroshi's streak ended. He was two away from the NHL record, eh? Wow. Assist streak to start a career. Wow. Yeah, he was third all time now. We should get we should overvalue him now. And then be disappointed when he doesn't turn out. Yeah, no, that's the downside is um we're gonna expect him to be like a quality second line winger next year and uh, it's not gonna happen. He's gonna have like five points next year and we're all gonna be like, Well, what happened? This guy was supposed to be a stud. It was Blashill's fault. Yeah, I'm course. just gonna I'm gonna preemptively say it. Yep. All right. You wanna go into quick hits now? Um yes. Okay. So Nicholas Cronwell is the Red Wings nominee for the Masterton. AKA the Robin Leonard trophy. <laughs> Leonard's gonna win that one running away this year, but Cronwell's the right nomination. And he swore on TV. Oh, I saw Leonard do that last night. That was great. Everyone got up. What did he yell? We're going to the FM playoffs or something like that? He said, uh, playoffs, baby, playoffs. Fucking right. <laughs> there it is. That's yeah. Robin Leonard is going to win that running away this year. But hey, Cronwall deserved the nomination. I mean, we can get through an entire NHL season while playing on one leg and not being able to skate. That says something. Yeah, his nickname should be Lieutenant Dan. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Nick. Take oh. Commander. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a little too apt. Ovechkin hit 50. And yeah. 51. Yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, I'll fight anyone who says he's not the greatest goal scorer of all time. He's now behind only Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy for most 50 goal seasons in the NHL. He's, he's got- still 13th on the all time goals list. Yes, uh, but if you look at everybody above him, there's like one player who didn't play a bulk of their career in the 80s and early 90s. Who's that? I think Yager. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, everybody else. like, <laughs> and, and look at the two players ahead of him in uh, the most 50 goal seasons Bossy and Gretzky. Played entirely through the 80s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is, yeah, the greatest goal scorer of all time. Fight me. It's, you can't argue it at this point, I don't think. His second goal last night, I didn't even see because he shot it that hard. And he put it. And he beat, it was on Vas- Vasilevsky, too. So it's, it's one thing, too, for anybody who doesn't play hockey, objectively, a one-timer is a very hard thing to do, period. Just to stand there, have a puck come at you, at a pretty decent pace, and to get clean contact with it is hard. To get clean contact with it and get enough snap on your wrist to get that puck off the ice is very difficult. To get clean contact with it, get enough snap in your wrist to get it off the ice, and then put it in the top corner two inches below the bar where you want is damn near impossible, and he does it regularly. Yes. They should just paint an eight where he stands. They when, see, when Gresky retired, they retired the number 99, they should just retire that part of the ice. Just put cones around it. You're yeah. not allowed to play there just anymore. Cement. Just that is the OV spot. Nobody else is allowed to use it, which I'm pretty sure means Patrick Lining would have to retire, but that's okay. His, uh, oh, I think I can find it real quick. His, he posted something on Instagram last night about the goal. Um, oh, yeah. And from his official Twitter or uh, Instagram account, it says, Thanks, you team, for make history with me. You the great eight babes ever. Love you 50. Happy face. 
he is otherworldly tanked when he posted that. I think he's just still drunk from last year, or I guess this year. Well, there's oh your, last year, no, it's there, 2019. Yep. There's your proof. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. He scored 50 half in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. What a he's a goofy dude and is definitely the best goal scorer of all time. Who's gonna go on the biggest bender if their team wins the cup this year? Ovechkin. I'm thinking Thornton. I'm thinking if San Jose does it, like we're just never. Gonna... Oh, I thought we were talking about Washington. If no, they no, win no, again. no, no. If if like who... oh, Thornton's gonna be dong out in the middle of the ice, just <laughs> doing something weird with the cup. Yeah, beer in hand already. I think if Thornton wins it, like he'll just get hammered and we'll never hear from him again. He'll just wander off into the woods. And yeah, that's the end of he'll him. just live somewhere on uh, Brent Burns's safari property in the woods with the bears and the gazelles. Oh my! <laughs> he just wander out naked, randomly with blood all over him. And then ten years from now, he just emerges back into civilization, and then we get the TSN story. Joe Thornton, where has he been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If any, yeah, I would really like Joe Thornton to win a cup. I don't know if Martin Jones has it in him this year, but um, what's that? Yeah, because San Jose's thirty first out of thirty one teams for team save percentage this year, right? Yeah, and I, I think Martin Jones was. One of their main reasons they did so well last year. I think he was an absolute wall. Hey, they're still uh, second place in the Pacific and uh, not likely to catch Calgary, but still mathematically. Pacific is also synonymous with participation. Yeah, this is true. San Jose Vegas is going to be a hell of a first round matchup, though. I hope we go back to 1 8 formula. I don't know what that would equate to right now, but like if it would also give us problems. I just don't. I don't like it. So I heard a, an interesting proposal about the play, about a slight tweak to the playoff format that you could do, whether it's 1-8 or in the current system right now. And the more I thought about it, the more I desperately want this to happen. When you get to the conference finals, you reseed. So you would play someone in the West? What, maybe. Potentially. It's, it's one versus four. So let's just say that, let's pick four arbitrary teams. Let's say Tampa... Uh, Boston, Vegas, and Winnipeg come out of the their conferences. Okay, so that's the final four. So then Tampa would play the lowest remaining seed, which would be Vegas. And then Boston would play Winnipeg. So then in theory, if Boston and Tampa win, won, you could have two Eastern teams in the finals. So down the line, there could be hypothetically a Toronto-Montreal, um, a Detroit-Boston Cup final, uh, yeah. LA-Anaheim. Like... I'm all for that. I would like it. I think it would be interesting if you just took all the teams or you could do it separated by conference and the first place team gets to pick who they play against. Out of the entire league or of their conference? Uh, uh, well, I'll say both. I'm running those situations in parallel right now. So I don't. So if we do a conference, you pick one to eight. You pick whatever team. The first place team picks whoever the hell they want to play. Out of those eight teams in the first round. I would love that. I would kill for that. I Some team, <laughs> I think it would be uh, pretty crazy if teams are like, oh, we want to take... Boston's like, we want Toronto in the first round. Toronto fans would go absolutely insane. It would be... I would, I would die for that. The yeah. storylines that would create. Could oh, you, yeah. Could you imagine Washington finishes first in the, in the East one year and Pittsburgh finishes sixth and they just go, we want Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I want it. I need yeah. this. And, you know, I like it for the the 
conference and maybe they could do it one to 16, 16 one picks whoever the hell they want out of 16 teams realistically i don't think we'll ever see a crossover of conferences in the first two rounds yeah. of the playoffs because of just the travel remember yeah. remember what detroit had to go through when like they'd play vancouver in the first round san jose in the second round and it just became a nightmare so i don't think we'll ever see that but for the final four, if they wanted to reseed, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Conferences, just uh, like a, a draft would be cool. Could you imagine right now a Pittsburgh-Washington final? Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh my God, that'd be the most intense series we've seen since the back-to-back Pittsburgh-Detroit's. So I guess it would go something like, so wherever you finish, so you're one to eight. Yep. So if the first place team picks the fifth place team, would they now be considered the eighth? I guess it would have to work like a bracket kind of. Uh, right? I, no, I think you would still go by seeding. So well, what if? So then the next round they would play the lowest place team. So if if so, let's say one. It'd be beneficial for you to take out a higher place team. So if in you're the first the, round. So let's say you're the first place team and you pick a sixth place team. The second place team picks the eighth place team. The eighth place team upsets the second place team. You would play the eighth place team then if the first. Seed yeah. Won. I like that. I'd be down for that. And yeah, then there's some strategy involved. It's like, hey, well, if there's an upset, we're getting a really easy path to the finals. Then. What's the downside? There's got to be a downside to this. You're playing a better team in the first round. Potentially. And, and because you picked them, you're playing an extra motivated team. Potentially. Because like, What if you're the first place team, you picked the eighth place team, the eighth place team is like, well... That's expected because yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> and then nothing changes there. You, there's then whatever. Who cares? Yeah. So the the best case scenario is the one you'd two- want to take the highest place team you're comfortable playing against. Yeah. And and also there's so many other factors that can go into it. If you're looking at the fifth place team and in the last two weeks of the season, like two thirds of their top line are done for the season due to injury. Yeah. Do you, you pick them? You should be rewarded for being first place in the league. Yeah, because the best... Oh, you ca- finished second in your, your division right now? You play the team that's a point behind you and who is also really good. Yeah, I, I do not like the current system at all. If they if they took the current system and put in the, the reseeding for the Final Four, I'd be okay with it. Um, but yeah, because when you pick your poison, there's no downside there because either A, the first place team picks a team other than eighth and then all of a sudden it becomes a hell of a storyline, or B... They don't, and you get what you would have had anyway. Nothing changes, and so there's no like, there's no scenario where it makes it worse. And teams that aren't first could potentially play teams that they would like a three six matchup could have, or yeah, three six could end up being like a three eight. Yeah, so it kind of could work out that way. You get maybe some more upsets because the lower seeds are now maybe not playing the best team. And I think that would actually create rivalries better than what they're doing right now because it puts it lets the teams build the rivalries themselves exactly and also again you can use a million factors to your advantage so if you're let's say the la kings in a couple years win the western conference winnipeg's the eighth place team anaheim's the let's say sixth place team do you pick winnipeg and get that really crappy travel schedule for the first round or do you jump up a couple spots and take anaheim because then you can sleep in your own bed every night yeah exactly right there's you could i i the nhl will never do it because i think it's oh god it's way too radical way too radical just like the reseeding just like the gold plan i don't ever see any of them happening and other than the fact that oh it's just too crazy there's no good reason not to I think if it was the thing is, is I think if it was a good idea, like a really good idea, 
other leagues would also be looking into the, it. The USHL has done the pick your poison playoff method. I meant they've like, done it. I meant like major sports leagues. Oh god. Well, what majors? The only league that I could see doing that before the NHL would be the NBA. Yeah. The MLB is even more archaic than the NHL is. Yeah. And because of the way football structured with only the one game a week yeah. and and so few teams making the playoffs, you can't really do it with the NFL. So yeah. I I think it's either going to be the NBA or the NHL who's going to have to be the trendsetter here. So come on, NHL. Do the thing. Stop being boring. Why don't they, you know, if they don't want to do it at the NHL level, why don't they try it at the AHL level? That's what it's there for. Try stuff. Yeah. It's... Oh. I don't know what the rivalry structures are like in the AHL, but I mean, it, it it's at least a good place to try out a new system, a potential, something that could be interesting. I'm, and I think if they, they could honestly do it where it's like the lottery night where they have a full, full, they bring in all the GMs or all the, whoever they want to make the decision and they all get in a room together and everybody watches on TV. That's more marketing dollars, more excitement, more people are glued to the NHL again. I think it would be really cool, but no, it won't happen because it makes it's way too cool. It's fun to think about. All right, before we get into overtime, let's do a tankathon followed by a quick tankathon draft. So, Evan, if you got to pull up some draft rankings, do it now. Okay. So, for everybody's reference, right now the Detroit Red Wings sit fourth last, uh, only two points behind Buffalo, but nobody has any games in hand there at least. Um, And they are sitting two points ahead of New Jersey, three points ahead of Los Angeles. And I believe Detroit has a game in hand over New Jersey, so this is not going well. So, if you're wondering what that means for Detroit and the lottery odds, right now they have a 9.5% chance of picking first overall and a 28.8% chance of going up into the top three. They also have, I think, a greater than 50% chance of falling to fifth or sixth. If we if we move down one spot, I think we only gain 2% in being in Drafting first overall, so it's not like a huge... Yeah, 1%. It's 8.5%. My my concern is no longer about picking in uh, it's the, the top, top three. three. It's uh, The more and more I watch this draft, the more and more I'm I'm pretty certain that like the top six is kind of starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack, and I don't want to follow to that. Uh, depending on your feeling on a, one other player, maybe the top seven. And right now, if Detroit falls another spot, they could be picking eighth. That's what I'm trading back. Yeah. I don't know if I would trade. I don't think anybody would pay a premium to trade up at that point. No. I, th- I think because everyone's so close between 7 to 30 or 7 to 20. All right. Well, let's let's <clears throat> simulate this thing, and we'll go through our way-too-quick mock draft for the day. Ready? Three, two, one. First overall pick belongs to the New Jersey Devils. Yay. Right where Detroit was. Uh, second overall, the Anaheim Ducks. Third, the Edmonton Oilers because chaos reigns. Fourth, Colorado via Ottawa. Five, Los Angeles. Sixth overall, the Detroit Red Wings. Seventh, Buffalo. Eighth, the Rangers. Ninth, Vancouver. Tenth, Chicago. That's not the worst draft ever. Okay. Colorado doesn't get first, thank God. <laughs> All right. First overall, New Jersey, Edmonton. No, Ed- Evan, who are you picking for New Jersey? Uh, Jack Hughes. Second overall, Anaheim. I'm going Capocaco. Third, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Edmonton Oilers need... Oh, God. You said Capocaco? Yep. I'll take Pod Colson. Pod Colson for the Oilers. Colorado, number four. I will take, for them, Trevor Zegers. Who's next? Five, LA. 
They'll take anyone. <laughs> uh, they'll take uh, they'll take Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc, eh? Ooh, now you left me a decision here. Detroit at six. <sighs> Byram or Turcotte? Byram or Turcotte? Byram or Turcotte? Defenseman or forward? Bowen Byram. We'll go with him today. Yep. Seven, Buffalo. They will take Alex Turcotte. Cool. Eight, New York Rangers, Dylan Cousins. Nine, Vancouver Canucks. Um... They will take, uh, did you say Trevor Zegas yet? Yes. Oh, so they'll take Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs. And then 10, Chicago. Let's give them to Alex DeBrinkett. So they'll take Cole Caulfield. Okay. There we go. That was our way too quick draft. Now we're going to jump into Overtime, sponsored by Patreon and all our lovely Patreon patrons. Do you have Patreon open? I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only reason why we are able to do this podcast twice a week without complaining. Hey, don't forget. Coming up this, uh, I'm going to say Wednesday, but that's subject to change. We have our Patreon exclusive episode coming this week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Also, um, it's going to be an earlier episode this week since uh, we won't be recording an episode on Sunday because we're doing a special Friday evening episode. Steve Dangle Glenn will be in studio. So he's going to be in Kitchener. So we're going to do a live episode with him. There you go. And then uh, the following day, we are in Detroit for the final game of the season against the Sabres. And if anybody wants to come have a beer with us, we will be at Founders before the game at 3 p.m. So they don't take reservations. It's just open area. So get there early, get drinks in hand, and uh, come hang with us before the game. So Founders, 3 p.m., the day of the game. We got a big, big week. So Patreon exclusive episode, um, likely Wednesday live in-studio episode with Steve Dangle Glenn on Friday. We've got the game on Saturday where you can come meet up with us before the game. Founders, 3 p.m. And then on Tuesday, we're live streaming the draft lottery. And then Wednesday, the playoffs start. So I'm going to be hungover from hockey. Hey, it's we can actually have a lot of fun over the next 10 days, which is something we haven't been able to do. <sighs> and then I will be on the golf course. Hey, the golf courses are open today. I can get out there, champ. Yeah, I can just play with my snow wedge today. Cool. All right. So let me open up Patreon here. I'm going to try and read. So again, my laptop's behind me. I'm going to try and still talk into the mic while reading these off. So this is why Ryan not being here screws us over. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see if the app's working today. I'm going to read off that. And then when it inevitably screws up at the bottom, go to that. So. Oh, this is long. Yeah. The first one's long. So be ready. I think it's another one of uh, Marissa's rapid fire ones. So just be ready. Posts. It was born ready, Brad. Were you? Were you really? No. Okay. 20 comments. Oh, Christ. I wish I would have noticed that beforehand. All right. Sorry. You know, I'm going to, my, it's on my different order on my phone. So we're going to go with that. All right. Chris Gatchel. Hey guys, we did it. 230 goal scores. It's like we just won a playoff series. I seriously cannot believe it took 10 years, but my hockey question is, do you think AA can keep up this pace? He finally had his breakout season. Do you think he finally earned a top six role? My now my non hockey question. What is your favorite fried food? I love fried pickles. Best thing ever. As always, keep up the great work. Thanks guys. Thanks, Chris. So let's start with the AA question. Sustainable. Is he a consistent 30 goal scorer? Mm, maybe. Wait a minute. No. Mm. 
I don't know. I actually don't know. May- no, I'm going to say no. <laughs> You're going to say yes, so I'll say no. I'm going to say likely, but not for very long. That's not yes or no. Um, okay, I'll say yes. Um, he did it on a very poor team this year with not a great supporting cast. Uh, I think the main skill parts of his game, namely his speed, will hold up for about another three to five years. So I think for another three to five years, we'll see a, him flirting around the 30 goal mark. And over the next couple of years, he's only going to get more help. So there might even be a couple seasons where his goal total dips a bit, but his assist numbers come up. Yep. So uh, I'm going to say overall, yeah, yeah, he'll hold this for a bit longer. And then your favorite favorite fried food. Um, chicken. I was in gonna any say, form. Yeah, total cop-out answer, but fried chicken is my jam. I'm so angry. Moose Winooski's down by Sports World got rid of their fried chicken and waffles combo, and that was my favorite thing in the city to get to eat because it was perfect. I never eat chicken and waffles. I'm just there for the chicken. It was magical. Nashville has very hot chicken. I learned a lot about the digestive system while I was Hot there. chicken? Yeah. Like, like temperature or spicy? Spice. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds delicious. <laughs> what goes in must come out, Brad. <laughs> And I learned that the hard way. All right. Kyle Thomas says, so I'm starting to feel the no playoff blues. So let's finalize or so let's fantasize about what positive things could possibly happen. It's about as far a stretch as it gets, but let's have fun. Stevie Y comes back as savior and jam wings win draft and get Hughes. Carlson signs deal with wings. Maybe next season Larkin and a have great years scoring 30 plus goals. Zini comes in as a rookie and gets 20 goals. Valeno has a fantastic season with the Wings, and McIsaac looks to have great potential. Hiroshi pans out somehow as a great playmaker. Owen McCarty becomes party planner, and Datsuk signs a one-year deal to become the league's best third-line winger. We are just a few years behind what the Leafs are doing, I hope. What's your guys' thoughts? Thanks for all the hard work. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks, Kyle. Um, I really hope all those things happen. If even a third of those things happen, I'm going to take it as a massive success. Yeah, any three of those is good. Yeah, if we get just Eric Carlson this offseason and nothing else, I'm happy. Yeah. If we get just Jack Hughes this offseason and nothing else, I'm happy. If we get just Steve Eisenman this offseason and nothing else, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I would say it's probably fair to expect Larkin and Anthony Sioux to each score 30 next year, um, assuming they're healthy well, the full season. Zadina at 20 would be ideal. Um McIsaac, if he has another huge year in Halifax, would be great. 20 would be a solid rookie season. That'd be a very good rookie season. Yeah. Larkin did it. Look at him now. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. (laughs) All right. Dan Bell says, hey, gents, Michigan crapped the bed, didn't they? Jeez. So two 30-goal scorers and all-star Red Wing legend Jimmy Howard at the back. Does this year's lack of success show Blashill's lack of ability as an NHL head coach? Maybe if we had future Hall of Famer taco all season we would have been in a better position and then he mentions favorite fried food is fish and chips every friday in the chicagoland area is friday fish fry it's awesome yeah Cheers. friday fish fries are the bomb fried fish is just great in general but it's no fried chicken that's true and we already kind of talked about it but yeah i i think it's a little bit of both i think the fact that the red wings were in the bottom two of the league for most of the season is is speaks to how poorly Blashill handled this team but also even if Blashill was Joel Quinville, I don't think this team makes the playoffs no. this year. So, all right. Uh, John Evans says, greetings from Ohio, gentlemen. If Bruce Boudreaux is available, how quickly should Jeff Blashill clear out his office? Honestly, I don't even think Bruce Boudreaux is in my like top 
three candidates of coaches I want them to sign. It's such a strong free agent crop for coaches right now. Yeah, we're not signing a free agent coach. And we just extended Blashill. So the whole pipe dream of Quenville or whoever coming, it's dead now. Yep. Or is about to sign his extension. All right, uh, next up, Andrew DeBeal. Confession time. The game against New Jersey was my family's first Red Wings game and was also our first time at the LCA. Before that game, I had only seen the Wings during a red and white game around 20 years ago at the Joe. Both my fiancé and son, this was the first time seeing the Wings, period. Naturally, of course, I had to purchase a jersey for such an occasion. Unfortunately, Larkin wasn't in my size, so I quickly moved on to AA, where my argument to myself was in hope that he would score 30 and also another hope that he will remain a wing for long enough to justify the sticker price on said jersey. After being on pins and needles every time he touched the puck all night and scoring late in the third in the most AA way possible, I think it was worth it. His speed, even from the mezzanine level on the opposite side of the arena, was absolutely incredible to watch. My question for you guys is, would you have done the same? And do you even think with the turmoil of getting him in his current contract, do you think he's here to stay the next contract or will he be used as a trade piece at some point in the next couple seasons? Uh, thanks for the question. So, Andrew, funny story. I can relate directly. So when we went to the final game of the season last year, I walked in to buy a jersey and I had every intention on buying a Larkin jersey. And much like you, they were, well, they didn't have my size. They were just completely sold out. So I went and bought an Athens CU jersey because he was my next favorite player on the team. And this was when all the, he didn't have the contract and all the trade rumors were swirling around. So I really took a gamble on that one. And I have absolutely no regrets. Evan? What? Would you do the same thing? I don't buy jerseys for teams that suck. But they're going to be half price when we're there on Saturday, I hope. Nope. So so they're only $150. Yeah. That's still cheaper than you're going to get them any other time. Yeah. Uh, Steve Ott jersey will live in infamy for another year at least. (laughs) All right. Philip Gastineau says, question, I can't believe I don't know the answer to. Why do you three good old Ontario boys like the Red Wings? This is a tale as old as time. I feel like we've told this one a thousand times. Just turn on TSN for five minutes. Actually, you need to be there for 15 of the 30 minutes because they'll talk about the Leafs for 15 of the 30 minutes. It's basically what Austin Matthews ate at the Mandarin last night. Like, oh, it's awful. (laughs) I blame Toronto sports media for my love of the Red Wings. I don't remember why I started cheering for the Red Wings. It happened sometimes in sometime in the early nineties while I was still just learning to like hockey and just discovering hockey. I assume my little three, four year old brain probably just saw the logo and went, Hey, cool. I, yeah. I don't, I don't actually remember. Also the Red Wings, Colorado rivalry at that time when we were, we, we little ones was at the all time peak. So my beginning of hockey, learning about hockey was right at that exact same time. And I had to pick one of the two teams, I think. My first vivid memory of watching the Red Wings was watching them get swept in the cup finals by the Devils. One of the few ones I remember is when Patrick Waugh was caught hot dogging. Oh, and O2. That was I, I vividly remember watching that game. That was fantastic. Yeah. All right. Brendan B. Singer. What's your guys' favorite non-hockey sports moment? One that you were an attendee at and one that you saw on TV. Thanks, as always. So psyched for the game next week. Tiger Woods, 2008. U.S. Open. 
Were you there or is that your TV one? I rem- that was my TV one. Okay. That was absurd. I will never forget that. Which one was that again? The US Open? It was the one where he like he didn't have like an ACL in his knee and that was, it, yeah. was behind it and Rocco Mediate was winning. And he had to sink like a 15 footer to tie to send it to a playoff, and he did. And the ball was like bouncing to the hole. Like his putt was like bouncing to the hole, and it went in. I remember that. It was nuts. And your favorite one to be at live? Um, I don't know. I've been to, I think, like Chicago Red Wings Western Conference. No, non hockey. Non hockey. Oh, shit. Non hockey. I don't go to many non hockey. Oh, I went to the TFC finals. When they're in the MLS Cup Finals two years in a row, first year they lost, second year they won. That was pretty fun. Oh, you were at the game where they actually won it. Yeah, in oh, December, yeah. and it was like minus twenty. That's not bad. I went to the one they lost too, so it was Le- bittersweet. Less fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so my favorite one um, that I watched on TV was uh, Jose Bautista's homer in the seventh inning against Texas. Yeah, that was a good one too. We were we were in my store at the time, and there was like it was. For whatever reason, we were really busy at the moment. We had like nine, ten customers in there, so we all stopped and were watching it on the TV. And when that thing went over the wall, everybody started losing their damn minds. That yeah, that one was nuts. That was insane. Uh, my favorite non-hockey live one that I was at was probably 2014 Buffalo Bills home opener, <laughs> um, because that was uh, the first game. After owner Ralph Wilson had died, so there was an amazing tribute to him. Uh, Jim Kelly was uh, the former Bill who led the charge, and this was his first public appearance after beating cancer, so everybody was having fun with that. The game was against the Dolphins, the Bills' biggest rival, and the Bills just absolutely kicked the ever-living shit out of the Dolphins that game, and C.J. Spiller had a punt retur- or a kick return 102 yards for a touchdown. The game was just beginning to end. A complete yeah, that party. Wild. It was insane. It was it was one of the most fun days of my life. So I can't not pick that one. Yep, fair. All right, uh, Jay Anthony Baker. Hey guys, this is Enigma Evo from Reddit. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, first question that came to mind for Brad: How does it feel to be a reference point for a free press article about the wings? Wait, what? <laughs> But this is what I'm hearing about it. This was the first time I saw a dub dub account somewhere in a news article. For those who haven't seen, oh my god, the link's not working for me on my phone. I gotta pull this up. Why don't you scroll on the the Patreon? Yeah, on the I'm laptop. going here. Sorry, I to reference this. Um, I'm gonna have to find it. Who is this from? J. Anthony Baker. Where the hell Patreon. Is Work on your web development. Yeah, please. This is bad. I don't even see it. Oh, I'm guessing it's here. You need to look for the very small button that's at the top. Oh, it's not linking here. Here, you finish reading his question, and I'll pull. I'll copy and paste this over here. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, second question this time for everyone. Now that the season is winding down, what will become your sports priority? The Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball, NFL draft, etc. Um. Well, for me, it's the Masters. That's in two weeks. Um, oops, I closed your phone. <clears throat> and um, I watched the, I guess, really for me, it's March Madness at winding down. Um, baseball winding up. And then the Masters basically for four days of my life. Oh, 
So when uh, Helene was talking about how fans were fuming over the Blashill extension, they just uh, used one of my tweets oh. as reference point. Where is it? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Of that, all the tweets they could—that has to be automated. That there's no way they put that tweet on there. <laughs> oh my god! So for anybody who can't, who hasn't seen it, so when Helene posted the extension news, I just reported posted the gif of elmo in the fire <laughs> oh below it i can and she put that in the article there's no oh way that's a manual God. process there's no chance <laughs> that is amazing oh my god that is that's the only meme one. Oh my god that's amazing everything else is the exact same picture Oh, this is so happy. Oh, yeah, there's no way that was manually inserted. <laughs> okay. Holy shit. Sorry. Uh, Jay Anthony, I would have missed that entirely. Thank you so much for pointing us in that direction. Um, and his second question was, what's going to be your sports priority? Um, So I can never not watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's just so damned fun. That being said... um. Everybody who knows, and my the last question kind of alluded to it. I'm also a massive, massive football fan, so I am going to be all about the NHL, NFL draft for the next month too. Oh, speaking of golf, yesterday, so it's a match play right now. You know what match play? Yeah, is, right? Rory played Tiger yesterday, right? and he lost. Well, to, he lost to Tiger. But anyway, yeah. um, Matt Kuchar was playing Sergio Garcia. You know either of those names? Yes, I Evan. I watch golf. Okay, so <laughs> usually, so in match play, like you can give people like give me putts that are like super close like yeah. whatever fuck it um and so sergio putted one missed the putt and like immediately walked over and putted like a two-footer and missed it like one of those like oh my god i can't believe they missed it and so he like you usually you give the other person some time to be like look at your ball and be like yeah you can that's a gimme but he didn't he literally just walked back over to it and putted and missed because he thought he was gonna get it so he lost the hole, obviously, and then on the next tee block, he asked Matt Kuchar to to like concede the hole because Matt Kuchar didn't give him the gimme that he missed. What? And he like had a temper tantrum about it because he's like, "No, I'm not giving you that. You didn't give me a chance to ask to give you the gimme." And he like threw a temper tantrum, and like now everybody's just all ripping on him and stuff. <laughs> Ripping on Sergio. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Did he get kicked out of a tournament not that long for destroying a green or something when he, he got angry? He, yeah, yeah. And he, there was another one where he, I think it was the one in Dubai, he like did a terrible shot out of a bunker and just went ham on the bunker, just beat the hell out of it. So he's now public enemy number two behind Patrick Reed. Jeez. What a... Yeah, can you imagine? Like, oh, the golf world. There's a lot of drama this year. It's good. It's Guys good. are shit-talking each other all the time now, and I love it. Wow, golf's Abs- evolving faster than hockey is. Yeah, and the hockey players have been shit-talking each other at the end of the this year a lot, too. It's great. I love it. I love all the color. This is why I'm here. All right, K-Waz says, Well, dudes, Larkin and AA did it. This next part is a compliment to Evan if he shows up. Damn, son, you nailed that liking of Texas Tech to the final four of the Red Raiders go. Guess who didn't take them? Evan. Yep, because I'm a dummy. Um, I, I don't think I had them getting past Michigan, so yay. 
Uh, I got to say, these last few games, the roster the Wings have been have put has been another level of bad, yet the Wings have won five in a row because that makes sense. This already this may have already been beaten to death, but with the way Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin have been overall this season, you have to keep them on a line together, right? Next, who will be who will our second line be next year? Okay, so I say yes, you have to keep that line together because obviously I have zero faith in Blashill actually doing it, but here's hoping. Uh, second line next year, I'm going to say Athanasiu, Zadina, and I don't care who else. It'll probably be Glenn Denning. I would... Yeah, I don't know who else, who I'd like to see with them, honestly. Justin Abdelkader. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. It's going to happen. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of Abdelkader, Helmer, Glenn Denning. I'm yep. like positive of it. Not that the Red Wings have a ton of the other... three-headed monster. Not that the Red Wings have a ton of other quality candidates to put in there. Yeah. Um, it'll be Thomas Fanick. Yes. Oh God! So yeah, I would I would like to see Rasmussen or Spechnikov there because I'm team. I don't care. Uh, there's another regression player we didn't mention. Rasmussen, yeah. yeah, that's a good one actually. That's a really good one. That's probably should be one of our more prominent ones. No, who I want to see on that line with them ideally, Jack Hughes. So yes, please uh, God, <laughs> Joe Deppy, two thirty goal scores, eh? It's nice for those guys to have a bright spot in what has otherwise been a terrible season. Wishing everyone a fun time at meetup and game next week. Aw, thanks, Joe. Yes. All right. You ready for Marissa's rapid fire? Yes. Okay. Today's game is called a series of random and sometimes weirdly specific personal questions. It's not really a game, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready. How do you sleep? On your back, stomach, side, etc. Whatever direction is going to put me to sleep. I'm a stomach sleeper. Um, two, how do you like your eggs? Uh, poached. Scrambled with sriracha. Uh, what temperature do you keep your house? I have no idea. <laughs> Hot. Seven, 73 for me. I think me. we're at like 68 or something right now. I don't know. Yeah, I like my... If I'm cold, I just put a sweater on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 73 for me. I like it warm. What is the sound you love that's not music? Silence. <laughs> I love silence. Uh, that or... Mika's laugh. She's got an adorable laugh. The waves on a beach <laughs> means I'm not at work. What's your favorite number? Seven. Nineteen. Uh, what... 69 or double zero. Let's go. <laughs> what color are your bedroom walls? Beige? White. And beige-ish? I don't know. White. I don't paint. Um, how do you tape your hockey stick? Stick color, tape color, and manner if taping. Black, heel to toe. I go white. Uh, heel to toe with about an inch from the edge of the heel to where the tape starts, right over the toe. Scissor cut, none of this folding the tape over. I don't think I look at stick when I tape it. And thick, the thick white tape too, because I don't like the tape overlapping too much. I want to be able to feel the puck. I get, I'm oddly, oddly specific about my I used to care, now I do not. Oh, I can't play if it's not exactly right. It just messes with my head. I don't think I've retaped my stick this this season. <laughs> oh, Evan. Um, do you wet your toothbrush before or after putting the toothpaste on? Before. Before. Uh, yeah, before. Do you have any allergies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Evan's allergic to life. Yeah. Uh, I'm allergic to dust. Um, what time do you go to bed? I prepare my. I start preparing my myself at 10 p.m. Jeez, I go to bed at midnight. Um, what is the smell? You love silence. 
and if, smell. Cinnabon's not bad. I was going to say anything cinnamon or French vanilla, I'm there for. Anything with garlic and onion, too, at the same time. Oh, mm. No, I'm not there for that one. I also love uh, it to be very generic lake smell. Like when you just, you can tell you're getting near the lake. Yeah, Muskoka smell. Rich, entitled yeah. white girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Uh, oh, man, that is not a rapid fire question. I, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. I have no idea. A peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. That is disgusting. It was. Um, how long do you usually spend in the shower? As little time as possible. Oh, I'm the opposite. Max time I can get. If I, I'm hungover, it's because I can't physically move fast enough because I'll throw up. <laughs> so um, I'm like a five-minute shower guy. If if my daughter allows me in the morning <laughs> and I have time, I will be in there for 20 minutes just steaming the crap out of Fair it. Fair enough. You have different reasons. <laughs> Remember getting back to that question about your favorite sound? Yeah. Yeah. The there you shower. Go. Silence. Silence. Um, what is your alarm sound that you use to wake up in the morning? I have no idea. Uh, mine's the generic one that comes with iPhone, whatever that <clears> one is. <throat> yeah. I don't even know what the sound is. It fades in. And that's all I know. It's off so fast, I don't even hear it. So I learned a long time ago to never put a sound that you enjoy as your alarm sound. Because like back when I was like late high school, college days, I would just put like my favorite song as my no. alarm. And then I just grew to hate that song so much. My one roommate in first year, if it wasn't a song, he had like that like um, the like atomic like ah, ah. Yeah, I would and need something like that. Now, I if I ever hear that sound, like on people's like alarms elsewhere, I like have like the Arthur fist start because it just <laughs> infuriates me. Because he would just hit snooze for an hour. And the last one is, can you curl your tongue? No, I cannot either. So thanks, Marissa. That was fun. Now every one of our listeners knows way more about us than they ever needed to. Yes, that's alarming. And Ryan got to alarming, intentional. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hunter Saunders. Hey guys, I want to talk about Philip, the third Philip tier, Larson. Any chance he turns pro to go to Grand Rapids after their run in the Frozen Four? He's been unreal all season, and along with the other goalie, has carried an offensively meh University of Denver team to at least the Frozen Four on the back of two game shutout streak, as of eleven thirty six p.m. Saturday night. I know another year of college would be ideal, but if Bernier, Sateri, or Rebar are out of the season, out for the season, wouldn't playoff pro hockey be useful and maybe accelerate his timeline? Fulcher will be leading Toledo deep, hopefully, and Grand Rapids should be relatively stacked once everyone and their mother goes back after the wing season ends. Anyways, have a great Sunday. So, I'm going to say leave Philip Larson in Denver for another year because you can always find veteran goalies to play meaningless yep. AHL minutes. Um, Fulcher is in Detroit right now, so who the hell knows what's going on there. But if worse comes to worse, he's more than capable of stepping up to Grand Rapids and playing there if need be. And again, like you said, Philip Larson has back-to-back shutouts to win the West Championship for University of Denver, and they're in the Frozen Four now, and he's doing it as a freshman. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Leave him there. I'm going to say one more. I would have... Before, I would have said at least two more years at Denver for Larson, but I think one more year is going to be the trick. Uh, so his his best case scenario right now is one year, one more year in Denver, one year in Grand Rapids, and then hopefully 
uh, he'll be up after that because that will be when Bernier's contract's expiring because this dude looks unreal. I mean, he just pitched back-to-back shutouts in the semifinals and the finals to get Denver to the Frozen Four. That's nuts. Evan, thoughts? Um, yeah, like, you can get anybody to play in the AHL right now if we need it to be, so just... Just leave him where he is. Let the development happen. Don't rush anybody. Okay. All right, Rowan. So at the time of this post, the Leafs can still mass- mathematically miss the playoffs, and that would just be super fun to watch play out. More likely is another Leafs v. Bruins series, and I, for one, am ready for it. Guessing game time. You will be allowed to select in popularity order. So Ryan first. Well, he's not here, so he loses that crown. Evan second, uh-huh. and the other one third. What number will the Red Wings be picking after the draft lottery? No doubling up on numbers. Once it's picked, it's out of commission. Let's see who is the most accurate WWP host predictor. If Evan is not there, Ryan gets his pick. Um, So we're picking where we think the Red Wings will pick in the draft lottery? Yep. Or in the draft, I should say. Yep. Um, I have two numbers in my head. I'm going with the one you don't pick. I think we have one of the same numbers. <clears throat> Third. Mm. Was that one of your numbers? No. Oh, okay. Say both then, because Ryan's not here. You can have Ryan's. Five and six. <clears throat> six was my other one. Yeah. I had three, six, and eight in my head. Three, six, and eight. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I'll put five. I'll be optimistic. I'll put five as my, okay. my actual number. Um, and then Rowan continues. Jersey time. I need some help this week. Do any of you find WWP listeners live near Columbiaville, Michigan? I need an intermediary to help me procure a jersey. They will be fairly compensated as well as be able to go to bed knowing they made someone from the made-up country of Australia very happy. Go team. So there you go. Rowan needs someone from Columbiaville, Michigan to reach out to him. That's oddly specific. Also, most obscure player jersey you've ever seen a fan wear at the JLA LCA. Uh, I once saw a dude wear a Steve Ott jersey there. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I saw someone wear a Team Canada jersey, and it was Detroit versus Chicago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it didn't make any sense, and the jersey was white. No team was wearing white that night. And there was there a player on the back? Was it like an Iserman nope. Team Canada? No. 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 It was a blank Canada white jersey. Okay. Teams were black and red. Man, we got a lot of questions today. I love it. Kyle Wasserberger. If the Wings end up picking at three, and if we can have greater prospect need at center than winger... Would it be a mistake to take Turcotte, Zegris, etc. over Pod Colson? How big is the gap between Kako and Pod Colson? I've heard there are a handful of guys that are inter- interchangeable between three and eight-ish, but Pod Colson always seems to go number three in these mock drafts. Okay. Um, the gap between Kako and Pod Colson right now is pretty significant. Uh, I don't think there's any risk in this draft of Hughes, Kako not going one, two. Uh, there's a strong possibility that Pod Colson does not go three. Um if the Red Wings took Turcotte or Zegers over Pod Colson, I would not be that upset about it, if upset at all. I do think Pod Colson's ceiling's higher, and I do believe in picking best player available. So as of this moment, he would still be my pick. Yeah, if you're not one two, you're BPA, basically. Yeah. So that being said, though, um, from three to, I would say, seven or eight, yeah, it's pretty wide open right now. So if uh, if it's not Pod Colson at three, I'm not shocked. I, if Detroit's picking six, I would not be entirely surprised if the Red Wings got Pod Colson. Honestly. Yeah. After last year, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, God. Kakinami was a healthy scratch this week, by the way. 
Ha, and how's how's Montreal doing? Yeah, that's right. Ha, suck it, Montreal. Uh, Nathan Miller says, excited to see you at the game next week. What is your favorite beer from Founders? I have no idea. I've never had one, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you on Saturday. Yes, I will have ample sample size to find that out. <laughs> uh, Garrett TV says, no questions, but sharing a wing story in light of Turtle Day. About 15 years ago, I met Darren McCarty for the first time. The context is I worked marketing and was one of those annoying people that asked you to stop by their booth with no context. In this case, I was checking spines for a chiropractor and recruiting patients at the Star Theater in Southfield, Michigan. My coworker asks passersby to get their spine checked and I do the consultation and signing up the patients. So DMAC walks into the theater with a total smoke show at his side, by the way. Me unwitting, my unwitting coworker asked if he'd like his spine checked, and of course he says yes. I spend the next five minutes putting my hands on DMAC's hips and shoulders and telling him his alignment is off. He knows this because he's done years of chiropractic therapy. No kidding. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, actually, he double posted, and I think the second post actually has a continuation of this um, for back issues. Long story short, he is the nicest dude, totally knows I 100%. Uh, know who he is, listen to my whole spiel, signs up to become a patient, and remembers me six months later when I ran into him at our Farmington Hills office. We chatted for a couple minutes about hockey and his band Grinder. Could not have been a nicer guy. Too bad this was well before smartphones and ubiquitous cameras were a thing, but my claim to fame will always be that I personally checked Darren McCarty's spine. Let's go Red Wings. Nice. That's sweet. Yeah, that's a cool story. It's always nice when you actually like get to interact with these guys like yeah. on a on a non hockey. They're kind of just like normal people. It's weird how that works, right? Yeah. Uh, Adam Flett says, hey, all, two questions. Hope you catch us before you record. Congratulations. I think you made it just in time. If McIsaac's team is eliminated, will he join Grand Rapids? Same for Regula et al. Um, secondly, if Mantha has stayed fit and reached 30, would we all be as down on Blash as we are? Anyway, if you have answered these already, sorry to read. So first question, uh, McIsaac's in the rare circumstance where it's going to be a no for the reason that Halifax, his team is actually hosting the Memorial Cup yeah. this year. So even if they get knocked out this first round, which they're pretty close to. He's going to be going to the rink and flip-flops. He's going to be going to practices because they're going to be playing again yeah. in the Memorial Cup. And um, London is probably also going to be there. London will be there, but they're probably going through the front door. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I would think I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two guys from the CHL if their teams get bounced go over to Grand Rapids. But um, between Valeno's team in Drummondville, McIsaac's team in Halifax, Ragul in London, none of those teams uh, should not be at least in the finals for their respective leagues. And uh, with Mantha, I wouldn't be, I'd still be down on Blasio, but I wouldn't be as down. No, you're right. It would definitely raise my hopes because if every young guy was progressing, then I'd be happy. But let's not forget it. It's not just Mantha. I would have liked to have seen more progression from. Chalosky as the season continued, Rasmussen, so on and so forth. All right. Jethro E. I have no hockey-related questions, but I do want to preemptively say I greatly enjoyed hearing your guys' take on ripping the new Blashill deal. I especially appreciate that Evan called in just specifically to rip on the deal all the way from Lake Country. Correct. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm not sure if you've ever been to the Traverse City Arena, but it was for the first time this past week, and i got to say, for as much as I enjoyed it, while half of everything was closed, I can't wait to go back when everything is open for the summer. If you all haven't been there, I think you three would enjoy it there. Let's go Red Wings. F. Blash, Ken Holland, eats paste. Here is that comment with the Blash extension. Stevie, please come home and save us. Thanks, Jethro. 
And now this is where the app screws up and starts to cut off questions, so I'm going to have to turn around and read from behind me here. So apologies if I sound a little muffled as I'm going here. All right. Oh, it's only one more. Okay. Colton Dalrymple. I'm going with that. If that's wrong, I apologize. Couldn't help but notice how well the Red Wings have been recently. Coincidentally, without Ad Locator in the lineup. Maybe this is late season's push. Could be a reason to buy out his contract in my wildest dreams. Also, the pre- Red Wings probably won't re-sign with Kowski next year. Do you think he has a future anywhere in the NHL or even in the AHL outside of Detroit? I really like Witkowski and want him to do well, but it's pretty clear he's just the last of a dying breed of enforcers. Thanks, guys. Love the new intro. Evan, I hope your hangover's finally gone. I think it is. I don't know. So what do you think's going to happen with Witkowski? Hopefully nothing. <laughs> I hope nothing. No, uh, nothing with Detroit, at least. You know, you can be a nice person, and I uh, wish you all the best, but um, he doesn't fit a specific need on the Red Wings other than having a heart uh, a heartbeat. I mean, he did concuss Franz Nielsen this week. Oh, that's good. It was a big hit. Wow. And for anyone who's uh, confused right now, yes, Franz Nielsen is still a Red Wing. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I hope he has nothing to do with the Red Wings. Okay, so now I'm going to head over to Twitter for a couple Ask WWPs. All right. Uh, Don, AX, oh, A7X Doomsday. If the Wings drop to 7-8 in the draft, do you think they'd trade down? How likely would this be? Trade down to Nashville for Fabro and their first rounder, then using that pick to draft Spencer Knight? Uh, a, Nashville would never do that. Uh, B, I don't, with how well Philip Larson is playing, I'm going to put my eggs in that basket and not worry about Spencer Knight. I think even if you're picking seven or eight, best player available. Don't move. Yep. You you could still get a Peyton Krebs, maybe Alex Turcott falls. Someone, you can get an impact player there still. Yeah. I'm all on the Spencer Knight hype train, but I agree. All right. Trent Boss. Uh, the most improved player award is highly contested in the NBA right now. If the NHL had this award, who would be the candidates this year? And is AA one of them? Or would you say Lindholm in Calgary or Robin Leonard are the main front runners? Man, I don't know how you don't give it to Robin Leonard. I, th- I think Athanasiu might be in the conversation, but I don't think he'd be a finalist. I think it's Robin Leonard's running away. Oh, yeah. <sighs> this is the one, like, every year it's like it's this person's to lose. I think Miko Rantanen would get some consideration as well. Why? Miko Rantanen? He did not have a season like this last year. Oh. Most improved player? Yeah, but... Dude was leading the league in scoring like halfway through the year. Yeah, but what has he done for me lately, Bradley? Colorado's in a playoff spot, man. Um, it's still, everybody... This kind of is synonymous with the, the feel-good story. This is true. All right. Now let me head over to Reddit. We got time for a couple of Reddit questions, because even without Ryan's, we are running this one long. See? Ryan just drags us down. Team Chaos reigns. Let me just pull up the Reddit thread. Man, it's so much easier when I when I can just talk. Do you have it pulled up already, Evan? The Reddit questions? Yep. I've had them open and closed them and open them and close them, and I've got them open okay. again. I've got them. Oh, okay. All right. So, Buffalo Red Wing. Well, boys, we're all in this one together. Hashtag Blashill. Hashtag damn it. Yep. All right, Jarvik7. I enjoyed the Down with Brown episode Wednesday on... I'm, and he says, and I'm sold on the gold idea. Here's my question. If you could bring back three retired Red Wings in their prime, who would they be? But wait, the easy picks are Iserman, Lidstrom, and Howe, so they don't count. 
What other three guys would you pick to suit up for our Red Wings in the 1920 season, and why? What? If you could bring back three Red Wings in their prime, other than Howell Lidstrom, I already know who yours are, so you can just go. Do you? I think so. Yes. Fedorov. One. Brendan Shanahan. Nope. Nick Lidstrom. Not allowed. Nope. Uh, okay, maybe I don't know. Fedorov, Lindsey, Kelly. Oh, I didn't think that at all. If we're talking primes, those, were the, those guys Hasek, Fedorov, well, Brett Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Can we count Hasek and Hall because their primes weren't in Detroit? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Does it, it doesn't specifically say. Okay. All right. So how many more questions do you want to do, Evan? Three. I'll read the long one because I don't feel like going next. So, reason is virtue. I kind of like the idea of a tournament format before the playoffs, shorten the regular season by about seven games, then have bought the bottom eight teams fight three rounds best of three for draft order. This keeps teams from wanting to be dumpster fires and it rewards winning at the end of the season. Seeding would be based on points at the end of 75 games. The top teams in each division would play two rounds of best of three. The winner give their conference home ice in the finals. Also, the top two teams get to pick their wildcard team from any conference. The second and third teams in all the conferences play a similar tourney. The first place guy gets to pick any player in this pool. Then the second place guy makes his pick. Then the third place guy makes his pick, etc. If someone gets picked before their turn, it's just moved to the next in line. Okay, I don't understand. I need a whiteboard. Yeah. Finally, you have a huge bracket for all the people in the middle to fight for four wild card spots. You could offer the first round buys that guys would want to normally have made the playoffs. You could give this draft order based on who's lost getting the lowest in this bracket. I feel this format would stop tanking and make more teams for a playoff spot. What? <laughs> yeah, so that wildly would... too complicated to to market. Yeah, that wouldn't that elaborate of a system would never work. But the the concept of a tournament. Because we do usually get three to four days between playoffs and, uh, sorry, between the end of the regular season and the playoffs. So if you took the bottom three teams and just did like a, a a little round robin thing and like best record with best goal differential gets first overall, I'd be down for that fully. Yeah. Um. So obviously Detroit would not be participating in that tournament this year, but if they did something along those lines, I'd be a hundred percent down with it. Yeah. It's just cool. more marketing. It's like the. The anti-wildcard game. Give you a reason to cheer. To win. Cheer for winning. Which is... Imagine if we had the goal plan this year. God, I'd be having so much fun right now. All right. So, Murdoch Hockey. Rule idea. When a team gets a bench minor, the opposition team picks who serves it. Think Think it could get under some team's skin? What do you think? What was the question... So if a team gets a bench minor, uh-huh. the other team picks who the team has to send to the box. That'd be fun. I think that'd be really fun because do you pick a star player or do you pick the team's top penalty killer? Yeah, I think I like the whole letting other teams dictate other teams' futures. Can we pick the goalie? <laughs> yes. The, but like they, they'd have to put their backup goalie in. I'd, I, would, I don't think they would do that. No. Goalies would be exempt, but I think everybody else would be fair game. Like, yeah, if Detroit took a bench minor and you're the team, who do you put in the box, Larkin or Glenn Denning? Yeah, Larkin probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more question. Pick a number between one and three. Three. All right. Anthony Pantha. Cool. 
If we won the draft lottery, do you guys think management would consider trading the top pick? I'm looking at our current group of young guys, and I think we could get some serious, sizable returns on defense to help us more depth at our system at the position. Would you guys be okay to run Larkin as their number one seat, or do you think someone like Hughes is just too valuable of a player to let pass by? Um, let's not pass by. <laughs> there is not, unless you are literally trading for a Norris winner who's in their 20s, you do not trade Jack Hughes. And there are no Norris winners who are young enough in their 20s that I would consider doing that deal for. No. No, you you take Jack Hughes. Because I would argue, I would still argue Detroit's biggest need might be a, uh, a centerman over a defenseman. I don't know if I'm fully sold on that, but I think the argument could be made. So if you have the opportunity to draft a Jack Hughes who fills that need, you just draft the Jack Hughes. Yeah, I don't think you pass on the first overall pick in this, this day and age. Unless you're Ottawa. All right, Evan, keep talking while I pull up our name level sponsors. What am I supposed to talk about? You didn't give me a question. No, that's... You oh, just that talk. was the last question? Yeah, that was the last question. You just well. talk. Because this new Patreon website is so weird, and I'm still trying to find everything. Um, yep, you're on the right track. It says patrons here, but nothing's coming up. Good times. Everything's uh, broken. You know, you know what's sad? I've listened to Ryan enough that I should be able to just um, pop this off the top of my head. but It's because we just entrusted him to do it. I don't pay attention to it anymore. And then when we have to do it, I don't remember how to do it. And this website looks different on every single web browser and every single platform. Well, the problem is right now for me, nothing's really freaking loading. <laughs> there we go. View all current patrons. I found it. It's a needle in a haystack. All right. So just wanted to say thanks to our name level sponsors. Mike Reed, Langabeer, Sky Carcass, Argentine Chanker, Clayton Van Dyken, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, Ryan Lewis, Dan Olson. Hannah Lee and Dan Bell. My apologies if I missed everybody, but that's what's on the page. So again, you guys are the reason we're able to do this podcast as often as we are, and the reason we're likely going to keep going through the summer, and the reason my daughter gets to eat dinner tonight. So thank you. Yes. And anything? Cool. Yes. So the again, why my cat can eat dinner tonight. <laughs> so again, guys, reminder: next ten days in Winged Wheel Podcast Land are going to be really fun. Patreon exclu- exclusive episode coming up this week. A uh, special episode with Steve Dangle Glenn of Sportsnet and the Steve Dangle Podcast this Friday. We are going to be in Detroit for the final game of the season on Saturday. Pre-game meetup at Founders, 3 p.m. Make sure Eastern. you Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. And then we're going to be live streaming the draft lottery next Tuesday. So uh, you're going to be spending a lot of time with us over the next 10 days. So uh, we apologize in advance. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.